Yeah, for instance, let's say that we put Congressman Stewart and Congressman Moore in the same district. Come 2023, one of them's gonna survive, one's not. We are back this week to finish off our conversation with Representative Paul Ray. He is the chair of the redistricting committee for the legislature, and the conversation we had really got into it with the details about how important this process is and the work that has been done to be as transparent as possible and as fair as possible for the people of Utah. We did cut our conversation short last week, so if you did not listen to last week's episode, make sure you jump back and listen to that real quick uh, so you can understand what we're talking about here in this week's episode. But for those who have already listened to that episode, just go ahead and stay tuned, and we're just going to jump right into it. So just walk us through the process then um, from beginning to end, just so that we can, I, I mean, we've talked about transparency already briefly, but we want to make sure that this process is as transparent as possible and not only just transparent, but also involving the public as much as possible because this is their state. So what is the process beginning to end for, for getting these maps drawn out and getting them finalized? So what will happen once we get the refined data, uh, September 2nd, we will meet. And we'll just go through some other other details, you know, some more adopting on things that, that we're doing. And uh, we'll have the set travel schedule. So at that point, what we're going to do is we're not going to draw maps first. Mm-hmm. We're going to go out and listen. And so we'll be coming to communities. And I'm, I'm talking from Logan to St. George. Um, you know, we'll be Cedar City, Vernal, you know, Provo, Ogden, Salt Lake. We'll, we'll hit all the regional areas. And what we will do is we're just going to listen. We're, we're expecting people to draw their maps. So I know we'll have some county, city governments that would draw maps. And so we're kind of just on a fact-finding mission at that mm-hmm. point. We're going to listen. We're going to look at the maps that are drawn. We're going to take a look geographically. You know, when you go down to St. George, uh, you, you've got a district, for instance, that Phil Lyman is in. And if you just look at a paper map, you, would, you could say, well, we could push him over into St. George. It makes a lot of sense to pick up some of that. But there's a big mountain right there. Oh, and yeah. it takes him, you know, almost six hours to get to St. George because he has to go down through Page, Arizona and come back up. So uh-huh. realistically, you can't do that. And so that's part of what we'll be doing is looking at the geography as we travel, you know, talking to local officials, talking to local citizens, and, you know, just kind of get a feel for what they want, reviewing their maps. Once we're done with that, we will come back and that'll be in, in late October, early November. Mm-hmm. We'll start drawing maps at that point. And all the maps that we draw will be public once we finish them. They'll go into the portal. You can go to that uh, redistrict.utah.gov. Mm-hmm. You can look at the maps that we are drawing. Uh, you can look at the maps that the public's drawn. And we'll, we will review those over a few weeks. We'll review those maps and then kind of go with the maps that make the most choice and then throw into that equation the Independent Redistricting Commission. Mm-hmm. You know, their job is to draw three maps of each district. So three congressional maps, three House seats, three Senate okay. seats, three school boards. And they will present those two as in November, the first part of November, I think November 1st or 2nd. They'll present those maps to us as a legislator, as a, as a redistricting committee, and we'll re- review those maps also. And then hopefully we'll, we'll find some maps that work in that. So essentially you have the redistricting committee, the public and anybody and everybody, and even an independent redistricting commission, all drawing maps in, in the hopes to be able to get the most fair and most accurate representation of Utah's population. Right. And uh, a very short time to select which maps. And, you know, the, the nice thing, I think a lot of them are going to look pretty similar. Yeah. Um, you know, it'll just be massaging the edges of the districts to make them work and you know, one of the things we're doing in the house is we're renumbering all the districts because right now you go district one, two, 59, three, four, yeah. you know, over the years, as they've added districts based on growth, they've never renumbered them. So they're really out of order. 
I didn't so, know that was why that happened. That's exactly why it happened. So we're going all the way through basically one up into Cash County, all the way down to 75 in Washington County. Okay. Well, who, who ultimately decides which maps we choose? Yeah, ultimately, it's the entire legislature. You know, our committee will meet and we'll, we'll bring some maps forward, but everybody has to vote on it. And what you'll see based on the maps that we bring forward, there's probably going to be some minor changes. So that's why we're actually doing a 10-day special session uh, in the middle of November, just right before Thanksgiving. So okay. we'll meet for two or three days. Then staff will work two or three days on massaging the maps based on the first meetings. And then we'll come back to finalize those. If we can't, we'll break again, let staff make some, do some more work and then try. But so we've got 10 days blocked out for a special session. Okay. Just like Utah does. I mean, our legislative sessions are 45 days. You got a lot to do in a little bit of time. So that's something that I'm sure you're pretty well used to. Yeah, we are used to that. And uh, it's actually an exciting process. You know, I'm excited for the public. I think they'll have more opportunities to be heard. Uh, you know, last time we did it, we didn't have virtual options. Yeah. So people had to drive. If, you know, we were in Cedar City and you were living in Southern Utah, you had, you know, an hour, two hour trek to Cedar City to be a part of this. But we are going to keep that virtual option. We are going to bring the committee in place, but the public will have that virtual option that they'll be able to watch and participate virtually. So more transparency and public participation than ever. Exactly. And, and also to mention the redistricting committee, which is the legislature, and the redistricting commission, which is the private one that was put together, we're not allowed to talk to each other about maps unless we do it in a public meeting. Okay. So it's not like I could go over to one of their members, to, to Rex Facer, who's the chair, and he and I sit down together and draw maps. We can't do that in, unless we report it and everything that we have. So basically, we have to do it in a public setting. Okay. So you won't see you know, them and us getting together to draw maps. We will do them independently and separately, and then they'll present those maps to us. And then as a legislature, we have the final say uh, per the Constitution on which maps that we adopt. Okay. Well, it sounds like it's going to be a great process, uh, very transparent, and a lot of public participation. I don't doubt there will still be some naysayers out there, but I think the legislature has done absolutely everything that they can do to make this as open, transparent, and uh, publicly accessible as absolutely possible. Yeah, and no matter what we do, obviously, you're going to have the press and people say that we're gerrymandering everything. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the fact is, is they think uh, the Democrats, for instance, think that there should be three Republican congressional districts mm -hmm. and one Democrat. But if we did that, that'd be gerrymandering. Yeah, that would be. Because if you just look at the population breakdown, we would have to carve out a district specifically to help out the Democrats, which goes against the guiding principles that we've adopted. Yeah. And so, it's, you know, it's interesting, you know, that's just how it is. And you have states that have adopted strictly an independent commission, mm -hmm. you know, and now they're being accused of, of gerrymandering and, and you, you have the legislatures, uh, depending on what party you are and what state you are, saying that they're playing politics. So it doesn't matter what you do, you're going to have those issues. You know, the key, I think, for Utah, by keeping it with the legislature, if an independent commission does it, you have no fallback. Yeah. If we do something wrong, you can vote us out of office. You know, we, we have to answer to the voters where these other states are finding out real quickly that your independent commissions don't have to, and okay. they don't answer to the public and they do what they want to do. So I think we ended up with the best solution was keep it with your elected officials. And if you think that I'm doing something wrong, then you can vote me out next time. Well, and there's a collaborative process even with an independent redistricting committee as well. So you work with them. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing is we have a good relationship, you know, myself, Senator Sandler, who's the Senate chair of redistricting and, and then Rex Facer is the, is the chair of the commission. Uh, we have a very good relationship. We talk about things. We, as we do in the travel schedule, we're trying to work it out so that we're not double covering areas that we're able to spread it out. And, 
you know, I'm hoping that collaboration that we've had with the commission continues forward as we start the map drawing process. Okay. Well, one last quick question for you. This entire process has taken, I mean, 2020 was when we were gathering the census data and we're going through it all this year. When does this all take effect? When do the new maps take effect? They will take effect on January 1st. Okay. So yeah, as we come into the new year, and the idea behind that is obviously in Utah, we go quickly into the campaign season. Yeah. You know, March is when we start the uh, caucuses and the conventions are in April. Mm -hmm. And we have to give the county clerks time because they have to redraw all the precincts. Okay. So it doesn't stop with us. Once we've adopted, now the counties have to do the hard work of dividing the number of precincts. What are your precinct boundaries and so forth? So we, that's why we try to do it as early as possible to give them through the end of the year and into January to do that. But officially January 1st, the new maps will take place. And then it'll be shortly after that, the new precincts will be announced by the counties and, and how those breakdowns in the precincts are. So realistically, as in regards to who we vote into office, both on a state and congressional level, those map boundaries won't really take effect, I guess, until 2023? No, they actually take effect 2022. So everybody starting 2022, including the state, uh, the House, the Senate, and Congression, and the school boards, we all have a new map. So some of us next year might be in a new district altogether or might be combined with another representative, depending on what happens. So they're immediately effective. So, And that, that's why it's so vital. We have to have it done by January is because it goes right into effect for these upcoming elections. So elections happen in 2022. Right. So we won't, the public likely won't see the effects of the new maps until 2023 then? Well, the, your current incumbents will be in their spot because they serve through the end of 2022. But that election for 2022 is based on the new maps. Okay. So for instance, let's say that we put myself and, and uh, Carrie Ann Lizenby in the same district. Okay. Through redistricting. Mm -hmm. So now you're merged. So 2022, we're still separate. Okay. But okay. the election of 2022, we might be running against each other. Or one of us might retire, the other one would stay where they are through the election. But through the end of 2022, nothing changes as far as who's actually serving right now. So they'll see it on the ballot. Yeah, right. But the actual changing of the guard basically won't happen until 2023. Oh, okay. Okay. That's what I was trying to understand. Yeah. For instance, let's say that we put Congressman Stewart and Congressman Moore in the same district. Mm -hmm. So come 2023, one of them's going to survive, one's not. Yeah. But they'll both serve through the end of 2022. Okay. And okay. to both congressmen, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I just use that as <laughs> an example. Not foreshadowing anything? Yeah, so Chris and Blake, sleep, sleep tight. You're still good. <laughs> and there's a lot of nerves. I can tell you all four congressmen are nervous. Yeah. And so is, you know, probably 70 of the 75 House members are, are pretty nervous right now because you just, you just never know. Every year there are people that are put in other people's districts and they have to run against each other just based on population. That's going to be interesting, kind of a wild ride. So is there anything else, Representative, that you think the public should know or be aware of with this redistricting process moving forward? You know, just understand how we do this between, because it's a joint committee of the House and the Senate. So there's 20 members on the commission total. We have 13 House members, seven senators. And so when we draw, the House and the Senate together will draw the school boards and the congressional seats. Then mm -hmm. the House will draw the House seats and the Senate will draw the Senate seats. Oh, okay. For those of you who are calling me, telling me what I need to do on the Senate side, I'm not doing the Senate. <laughs> I'm doing <laughs> so, the House. Do we want to give the senator's number out to the public just so they can <laughs> bug him about this? <laughs> It'll actually be online. So they, if you go to redistrict.utah.gov, you can actually figure out how to get a hold of us. But So that's how it'll be. So the Senate will handle their own 
we'll handle our own, and then we'll work together on the congressional and the uh, 15 school board seats. Well, perfect. Thank you so much for everything that you're doing, Representative. We feel lucky to have such a, an experienced member of the House on this board and helping out with this process. So thank you so much, and thank you for your service. Thank you, Harry. All in all, this sounds like it's going to be quite an exciting year for the legislature. Be sure to jump on over to that website, redistricting.utah.gov, to get involved and to stay up to date with the redistricting process. This is also going to be the last time for me hosting this podcast. My colleague Edward Mueller will be taking over the show from here on out, so thank you for sticking with me. But remember to tune in next week. We'll see you then.